Yo, 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 taste buds. Did you know not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? That, that was news to me. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients. So they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. AB Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, culinary comrades, in order to support House of Cars, we need the help of some great advertisers. Uh, and in order to find great advertisers, we would like to know a little bit more about you. So... Please, we're asking you. This is a request from me to you, and I'll think about something to give away. I, I, maybe uh, I can't. I can't mail out a cheeseburger, but there was, there's going to be a House of Carbs giveaway. We do have some great stickers, some great shirts, some belly sourcing shirts. Maybe we do a little giveaway here. But but get yourself to podsurvey.com/carbs. That's p-o-d-s-u-r-v-e-y.com/c-a-r-b-s. And take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. That way, we can show these carbs advertisers just how great y'all are. And once you've completed the survey, you can choose, if you want, to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. That's podsurvey.com slash C-A-R-B-S. We appreciate the help. And in addition to uh, a chance to win that $100 Amazon gift card, if you tweet at me or tweet at House of Carbs, go on the Instagram and say that you did the survey, I will select uh, five random winners for some wonderful T-shirts, some stickers. I'm going to put together a little carbs package for all you hungry homies out there. So thank you for hooking us up. Hey, 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 my culinary comrades, my taste buds, my hungry homies. We are coming to you live. We're in Los Angeles, California. We're here. You've made it. We're all here together. It's House of Carbs, the food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people, presented by the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm your hungry host, Joe House. This is a show that I love to do every month. It's Juliet Littman is here to give us a rundown of what's been happening in the world of food. It is food news. We have a special guest because this dude is out here eating with me in Los Angeles, California. Adam Rappaport is along for the ride. He's on talking about uh, all the world of food news. And we have Danny Chow on. So Adam sits with us. Danny and Adam and I talk about the best thing we ate this week. You are not going to be surprised. We're talking about some delicious food out here in Los Angeles, California. Let's get into that belly with the homie, Danny Chow. All right, my culinary comrades, it is a special day here on House of Carbs. I am in Los Angeles, California. I'm sitting table side wow. my main man danny chow now we've been doing best thing i ate this is our our uh, <laughs> innovation in 2019 best thing i ate this week danny and i we've been comparing notes we have a special guest joining us from new york city the editor-in-chief of bon appetit magazine house of carbs hungry homie Legend. adam rapaport what's up guys so, so Rappo and I are out here in Los Angeles. Kind of, we we had trips that that could coincide. Let's put it that way. We made them coincide because <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to do some eating, and we wanted to do some talking, and we wanted to do some golfing. So mm. all those things are gonna are gonna happen. They're they're happening. Wait, is my wife listening to this? Because I'm just out here doing work, Joe. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I brought well, I I brought my golf clubs. I had a real genuine golf thing. So my wife, uh, I'm a golf professional. Oh yeah, you know that's that, true. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we also have done some fantastic eating. So you and I, well, you know, I'm not. I don't want to presuppose what your the best thing is that you ate this week. But we were in each other's company for uh, a terrific meal. But let's not jump the conversation. Let's let Danny take the lead because he is our resident food correspondent, our food expert, our food 
critic here at theringer.com. Uh, yeah, so I had a pretty uneven meal yesterday at uh, the new Tartine Manufactory in downtown L.A. Yeah. Uh, but one dish was absolutely uh, astonishing. Well, before you tell the dish, what's yeah. the backstory to Manufactory? Let's tell the Hungry Homies yeah, and the rest so of the country. Actually, one of your first guests on House of Carbs, Chris Bianco. Our uh, boy. He partnered up with the wonderful, wonderful bakers of Tartine up in San Francisco, created this enormous, enormous space where they are basically brewing coffee and roasting beans and making some of the best breads in California for all of California. So they this they have this entire like kind of industrial sized operation where they are just churning this stuff out. And part of that is this restaurant that uh, has Chris Bianco's name attached to it, Tartine Bianco, um, where they're serving, you know, an all day menu. Um, Lots of bread, obviously, sure. some, some flatbreads and, and um, you know, their dinner service is kind of getting there. It's not quite there yet, I think, but it's getting there. It's only been open. It's only been open for a, a month. Oh, I was going to say a few a weeks, few right? Weeks? Yeah. yeah. I think it's yeah. also a place like that in the tar- the original manufactory up in San Francisco by the Heath Ceramics headquarters. Right. It's like they, it's it's like an emporium. They're trying, they do a lot and mm-hmm. it's big. And like I said, from the, the breads to the desserts to this or that, and I think it, when you're trying to do that much, it takes a while operationally sure. to find your groove in terms of service and everything and execution. So I imagine it'd be curious to know what the place like that, if you go back in six months, yeah. is it firing on all cylinders? Because mm-hmm. um, that's a lot harder than if you're opening up a concept that's sort of single focused. Right. So that that's the context. I interrupted. You had a delicious thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the one dish that I would say, you know, I would absolutely go back and order again is the beef tartare uh, toast. Oh, out of all yeah. the things that yeah, I out of would guess. It's classic. It's classic. Their preparation is uh, kind of an ode to the Korean preparation of beef, beef tartare, uh, something called yakue, uh, which has, you know, bits of, you know, Asian pear in it to kind of give mm. it a little, get a little, give it a little sweetness. Mm. But it's also the, so the beef itself is marinated in koji. Ooh. And so koji, if you're not aware, is a, it's a cheat code. It's basically a a rice mold that is actually that actually turns food delicious and not into a rotting corpse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know Do you know what kind of beef they use? Like what cut? Uh, I do not actually. Do. And is yeah. it like hand chopped or yeah, so, hand yeah. chopped? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's nice. And so, we, so my table mates were actually talking about like our favorite fast food burgers, and so I I kind of feel like that kind of imparted a certain expectation in my mind because that first bite I had, it was like a perfect California style burger. Oh, wow. okay. And so are there any, were there any garnishes or anything on top or extras? Not really. Oh, yeah. So you, so there were those chopped up p- bits of beef. Uh, there was like a little bit of a wasabi kind of uh, flavoring to it. And so, so you kind of get that kind of like secret sauce. Type yeah. Of a flavor. little heat, a little sweetness, yeah. a little crunch to the pears. And I, I feel like the Koji really brought it together because Koji kind of basically it's, it's a mold that breaks down, you know, food into its amino acids that kind of allows the mouth to taste the breath of, you know, umami. Oh, so that's know? the effect of it. It's like yeah. a, it's a it's a it's a palate opening spice. It, it sounds it, like it, it's basically the the ingredient that turns, you know, soybeans into soy sauce. Uh-huh. It turns, you know, rice into sake. It turns, you know, um, it, it's what makes miso miso. It's what makes, you know, David Chang's empire, you know, pretty much. <laughs> like, House, I, I have a feeling that our picture would be a lot less scientific <laughs> than Danny's. <laughs> well, there I mean, are only no amino acids in our choices. The, the hungry homies oh, know who, what Danny's bringing to the there table. Will be, they they uh, will yeah. be there. We just don't know it. Yeah, right. now, so was that served on like a, a slice of like charred Chad yeah, Robertson bread? Exactly. And so that kind of, I think that char kind of lent, lented itself that kind of, uh, oh, the the burgery, the, the, the toasted bun. Yeah, exactly. Oh, See, cool. this is this yeah. is unbelievable to me. So, I, and when you say California burger, what for whatever reason, 
a light goes off in my head. Like I, I have in my mind what that might yeah. taste like, and, it, and in it and feels, out with the special sauce. Well, but right. it feels light to me. It feels yeah. lighter and it's slightly saltier is what I'm th- I'm feeling like. But like like there's a brightness to it mm-hmm. is what I'm kind of anticipating. And the pear thing yeah. is kind of like I'm really getting my head around. But it's it. interesting. Like so often when chefs create a dish, they always think about balance. They're like all right. Do we have something sweet? Do we have something spicy? Do we have something salty? Do we have something, you know, to balance it out, something fatty? Um, and like just that notion you were talking about introducing the Asian pear. So it's like right. that sweet, acidic qu- element in mm-hmm. there. And then the koji brings the umami-ness and you've got the salt and whatnot. And you sort of like hit all those notes that yeah. when you bite into it, you're like, oh, yeah, that it all adds up. Because ultimately, you know, that umami flavor is very comforting. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of the basis for everything that we tend to like everything eating. good and so when you eat it it's it's going to take you back somewhere and because we were talking about burgers because we happen to be eating this like meat on bread i was just like yeah this is a this is a great california burger and it's not a burger wait question yeah. so when they serve it to you mm-hmm. is it like cut into slices so you can share it or is it meant for one or how it's, is it presented so it's presented in you know a, a straight like log uh and it's like pre-cut kind of but you still need to kind of make it, it's cut into like triangles yeah but you still need to finalize the cut okay you know but it's definitely um, it's, it's something you it's can share true. among yeah. among yourselves oh yeah um that sounds good what were you drinking with that at the time i was having their version of i believe an old-fashioned it was called one minute to midnight um do you, know, do you know the Iron Maiden song, Two Minutes to Midnight? I do. Ooh, <laughs> two, nice. Two, two minutes to midnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say that's the first. Is that the first Maiden <laughs> reference on House of Carbs, Joe? It is the first Iron Maiden <laughs> reference on House of Carbs. Yes, Fantastic. I can confirm that without a doubt. Um, I am interested in um, your experience of, of the richness of it. Because the challenge I always have with beef tartare is I can eat like three or four bites max. It's so rich typically right. that I, and it, and it's always for me at the beginning of a meal. And so I want, uh, I, I want whatever the rest of the meal is going to consist of. I want to be available for it. Mm-hmm. So I don't eat ever. I never eat a complete beef yeah. tartare. It has to be shared. You'll see like yeah. these old school French Parisian gourmand guys just sit down to an entire plate of like <laughs> chopped up raw beef with like the egg yolk in the middle. And you're like, wow. Yeah. Going for it. I, yeah, I'm, I'm generally not a person who orders beef tartare. It, it, it feels like one of those, you know, dishes where you're like, okay, I've, I've had it before. Yeah. I, I know I know what that tastes like, but it came recommended and I was like, yeah, sure. I mean it's but it's definitely it's it's really there is like this sort of renaissance of beef tartare. There's the old school versions you would get at the classic, you know, 21 clubs and stuff. But like in New York, for instance, you have like at uh, Estella, Ignacio Matos's restaurant, and he kind of reinvented it, but putting in extra like um I wanna say what the, that and the guys at Wild Air. Um, one of them has like Jerusalem artichokes in oh, there, nice. uh, but it's introducing this different flavor profile. And that restaurant, uh, I want to say it's Jewel up in Seattle, the Korean American restaurant mm-hmm. that they do a sort of a Korean style beef tartare. Uh, and you're seeing it a, a lot again. I think for a while, no one would order it. Now everyone is. So I, I pulled up on the gram. Danny, uh, oh, look at that. you know, is, is, yeah. is, is a faithful documentarian uh, of, of the things he's enjoying. I wanted to see how big it was. I, I recalled. Mm-hmm. At Danny King Chow is his Instagram handle. You can go on there. It is the lead item right now. This, I, this I delicious dish. The, so they, you know, they, the Tartine guys, and they've got a really, that, with Heath Ceramics, and they, beautiful ceramics. Beautiful. I, it's a weird, like, I would not pick the red, like, the tomato, like, ketchup red plate to go with the red tartare. That's an odd, whatever, I'm sorry. I, feel I like diverge. The aesthetic. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like all of the plates are actually that color, so it might have oh, just been the theme okay. for the night. Yeah. Did you have any good desserts while you were there? We had a, it was like a brulee banana brownie type concoction with ice cream in it. It was delicious. Oh, cool. Okay. There you go. Well, that's pretty good. Um, I'm going to let you go next since you're, you're a guest. And also, I don't want to follow that. All right. So I know what you're going to go with yes. from our meal Monday night. So yeah. I'm going to go, last night, I went over to uh, Friedman's. Um, Kind of, I guess you would say a new school Jewish deli uh, over in Silver Lake yep. on Sunset um, that we wrote about in Bon Appetit. It was one of our best new restaurants of 2018. Uh, and what I love about this place is that every last detail is thought out from like the old school wallpaper to the cool, weird, like 
fish glass, you know, uh, pitchers they bring you. Uh, if you order the brisket for like four people, they come table side and they carve it with an electric, electric. knife from oh, like that your mom had in the 1970s. Yeah. Uh, if you order the matzo ball soup for two to four people or and Joe houses were for Joe house. Um, <laughs> yes. It comes in this awesome, like kind of a, like heat proof, you know, glass, glass yeah. Pyrex sort of thing with the ladle and you serve yourself. Oh, with these. I love that. And what's nice about eat that, right out of the ladle. Um, they do, which I like, and I was talking to Jonah Friedman, the owner last night, uh, the matzo balls are more, <clears throat> they're more like ping pong ball size. Oh. And sometimes you go to second Avenue and, and, You're getting and a bolt. it's a giant, it's like a size yeah. of a grapefruit, Yeah, which is kind of ridiculous. At that point, it just becomes too dense. And if it's going to get cooked through, it's just too much. Right. And these are, have a more sort of delicate dumpling. The, yeah. The proportions, the ratio, it, it's definitely more of a manageable like soup. Oh, yeah, I like yeah. this. And so I was just kind of sitting in the bar grazing and um, they do a, a half sour salad, which is really cool. It's got like these sort of chunks of like homemade pickles, some avocado, some frise and whatnot. And then they douse the thing with their own homemade uh, everything spice mix and oh, whatnot, you know, sounds really good. Uh, and then the dressing. Uh, and they do a cool Reuben where they bring it to the table griddled rye bread you got the meat and the cheese and the set kraut and everything and with a, like a steak knife plunged through the middle which allows you to sort of cut it up as you yeah. want whether it's for yourself or for friends um but you know what i like about all of these things as much as i love like katz's or second avenue in new york city uh you go in starving and you leave feeling like you're gonna die you know <laughs> because like you just you're just like i ate way too much pastrami and i had like the mediocre um potato latkes but they're fried potatoes so i'm still gonna eat them and sure. it's just like it's too much and like this place it's like a we're in la so there's a sort of a bit more of a mindfulness about what healthy is um but it's still indulgent oh and the, the, speaking of latkes what they did and what we actually put on our cover um in our september oh, issue last salmon, year right? yeah they, so it's like a, a smoked fish or i think they were doing cured trout maybe last night um they take the the fixins for the makings of a potato latke with the potatoes and onions and egg and they sort of mix it up and then they put it in a waffle press and they turned it into a super crunchy golden brown crispy potato latke waffle with like the big belgian waffle divots and you cut into it and inside it's all kind of molten and moist oh. outside it's crunchy and you're like wow that's, that's really good yeah that's, uh, i love that so i don't know i was just sitting at the bar last night i was eating all these things but i wasn't like stuffed and then Marissa Ross, who's an amazing wine writer who writes for us at BA and is kind of a natural wine uh, preacher woman, um, she does the wine list for them there and finds really cool, interesting natural wines. And what I love about this also, which is similar to that restaurant Frenchette in New York where they've got very traditional French food, but a natural wine list. And the natural wines, if you haven't tried them, ask about it, try it. But they're they're typically lighter, more acidic. Um, they've got a bit more zip to them, often served a little bit chilled, even the red wines. So you can have rich food like pastrami or, or, right. or, 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 or latka, and this sort of the, the wine like cuts right through it. And so again, like I left there, I was like, oh, I feel good, you know? Uh -huh. and, I, and I had eaten all these things, and I was just hanging out with Jonah, the owner guy, just chatting and catching up with him. But I was doing, I would say, 90% of the eating, and he was just sort of keeping <laughs> me company. Do you, Dan, do you know why he was keeping me company? Uh -oh. Why? Because I was supposed to have dinner with Joe House last night, <laughs> oh, and I made plans at, at yeah, Friedman's. Like, can you say it was at table for four it. or six? And yeah, like, Joe's yeah, putting a group together. I'll yeah, let you know. I'm texting yeah, him. Then, like, yeah, at 5 p.m., it's like, yeah. I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I got to go to Simmons' house for dinner tonight. I'm like, really, bro? This is a mother effing sports guy. Never count on trying to make a plan with that son of a bitch. I mean, I love, I've known him for 30 years. I love him to death, but don't, uh, you know. So I was like, oh, I'll just I go back to the hotel. I was like, I'll just order a room service. And at some point, like I'm like, that's pathetic. I'm in LA yeah, once you're a, a year. Man yeah. in LA. I'm, I'm glad. I'm proud of you. So and I'm, I'm still sorry. I still feel bad. So I, I called an Uber, and 47 minutes later, I finally arrived in Silver Lake <laughs> at, at 7:03 p.m. Uh, but no, I, it's, if you haven't checked it out, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun for brunch on the weekends. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. I, I don't know if meal. they. I don't know if they actually do this anymore, but they occasionally did like a like a limited run of like these pastrami crunch wrap supremes. So they, they, Whoa. they have fun. They have yeah, fun. They're, there. they're hipstery funny. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they get it. With and the wing. it's exactly what it sounds like. It's, Shaped exactly like a Taco Bell Crunchwrap Supreme, but they just stuff it with pastrami. Oh, that's kind of brilliant. What's not, what's yeah, not I'm into like, that. Right. That's a hack that I'm down for uh, <laughs> every day of the week. We were talking about on Food News with Juliet, the uh, the Cheeto stuff crunch wrap. I'd much rather have pastrami. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll do mine now. This is uh, 
um, an iconic uh, Los Angeles experience. Uh, every time I come out here, I feel like I, there has to be at least one, you know, visit a, a, a true L.A. classic. It is a, a modern L.A. classic. It's only been around for 10 years or so. No, less less than a that. lot less less than that. Yeah. Well, these guys have been in business, so I'm I'm talking about John and Vinny's uh, the 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 uh, modern Italian on Fairfax. Now, John and Vinny got their uh, restaurant business going in 2008 with Animal, and they have been you know properly regarded as as being uh, participants in, perpetuators of, and engineers of what some people describe as the LA food renaissance. Modern, yeah. Right. Yep. Um, and so. Uh, we had occasion to sit down with them and, you know, a little teaser. There's going to be a podcast out in the future. Adam Rappaport and Bon Appetit magazine have a feature on these guys. We sat down, we potted, and then we ate. And we ate and we ate and we ate. Oh, a little. We ate the menu. We ate the menu. I mean, you know, uh, it was my first time ever trying any of their food. So they were very uh, generous and, and we had a nice little crew. And uh, they gave us the full breadth of, of what's available at the moment. I mean, we had spring on fried spring onions. Those that were, were really good. Yeah, they so were, they're kind of like long spring, like kind of scallions, like yeah, yeah. Um, sliced up, kind of the purple ones, and then uh, dipped in cornmeal and then deep fried. So they were super crunchy, but not that sort of puffy, battery donuty sort of thing. And no, like very yeah. no oil experience and, whatsoever. And dip just it a in crunch and a little aioli dip. Yeah, and yeah. those are oh, those are. So really I mean, good. we had like a, a half dozen stars. We had the little gem uh, lettuce, you know, the salad um, that you eat, like you know, you can per per leaf. Right. You just per, grab each of them. That's a little prepared. hand salad. Yeah, exactly. That was good. I really like the. Um, they had a, a apple celery salad. That I the apple was celery delish. salad that was uh, spectacular, a wonderful starter. We had the calamari because you have to have the calamari, you know, the, the, and they were giant. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was it was mainly I, what I ended up uh, eating out of the calamari were the, like the whole baby squid things. The like, tentacle-y sort of. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Like not not the the diced uh, rings. The yeah. rings, rings yeah. Exactly. Um and of course, we had the meatballs. We had several pizzas, and then and then there was all. Uh, I would say this, if I may, if I may Please, interject, you may, you may. Eight. Thank you, John, of any for your generosity and taking care of us. Um, I would say maybe several too many pizzas. <laughs> well, like the pizza is good, but it, the pizza is what sinks you. You know, right. like that's like because you want to try all these things, but then you want to try all of the four pizzas, and the next thing you know, you've had four slices of pizza, and you're like, <laughs> oh my god. It was a depth and breadth kind yeah. of experience. Let there be no doubt. Um, the mushroom was my highlight. I love that. The super shroom. Oh, the super uh, shroom pizza. Yeah, yeah. In, in, Intensely delicious. But they also brought us some pastas. Don't forget about the chicken parm. Oh, I mean, I, I, Holy yeah. Lord. The, the, it is it is Bill Simmons' favorite dish, and Bill Simmons was with us for this meal. And when he talks chicken parm, he has previously extolled the virtues of John and Vinny's chicken parm as being one of his favorite chicken parms on planet Earth. And he's also mentioned the little gem Ugh. lettuce salad. As on this podcast, Kyle, you, you get that I to go. Love the gym, yeah. yeah. yeah so so that, that's the thing. Like, so John and Vinny's like a lot of restaurants. How you can you know post made them or whatever caviar that sort of thing, and, and it, it travels well. I hear it does because that's a the great thing about Little Gem Lettuce. If you haven't had it, listeners out there, it's like a mini romaine sort of yep. situation, and it just stays really crisp and crunchy. So you can ladle on like a creamy dressing with little seeds and whatnot, right. and it holds. Hold, it's hold, that structural integrity. It's yeah. not like it's not like mescaline, like baby greens. Well, the nice thing too about it, it literally is a cradle for the whatever ingredients you intend to sort of uh, uh, occupy on top, and it doesn't. It could be a creamy uh, dressing or or not. There was a, a whole variety yeah. of textures and flavors. It's like those. It's, in like, there. it's like those Tostito chips that are built to uh, dip. The you scoops, know, the scoops, the scoops, yeah. scoops. Oh, the scoops. It's like a lettuce scoop. It really is so good. Uh, so we. we we, oh, the chicken parm. Now we we they were very sensible portion wise. It was a it was a quantity of food. It really was representative of the entire menu and the entire restaurant. They only brought one chicken parm, which is absolutely proper because they also brought a steak and they brought. But oh, the steak was really good. The steak was, yeah. Now my <laughs> favorite thing that it, it, my favorite. Uh, uh, I'm going to get to my my the best thing I ate this week, which is not this thing that I did, which I'm going to describe, which is one of my favorite things about the meal. The steak was mostly consumed. There was still a bite left. I took that bite. There were, They made an unbelievable— was, it, was, it was like a sliced hanger steak, I want to say, yes, with little yes. charred onions. And there was one lonely slice sitting there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and House, of course, eyes it. 
Yeah, it's like reaches maybe. over the table, like stabs it, and then you put it on a piece of pizza. What you oh, do? No, with no, it? no, no. There was still two swirls of cacio e pepe. Oh, in yes. the bottom of the bowl. Yeah. So uh, that steak goes down into the bottom of the bowl. I get the two swirls, the yeah. cacio e pepe, the 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 remainder of mm, the delicious the sauce at the, the bottom, bottom. Bottom of the bowl is the that's best part. it. And that bite of steak. Now that all by itself could have been the best thing I ate <laughs> this week, but it was not because. This pasta that they made, they make this, this, and I don't recall, is it on the menu right now? Or it is, is this on the menu, menu? Yeah. Okay, hallelujah. So I, I can't encourage folks enough to go try this. And it was, uh, for me, a, a perfect balance. I'll, I'll say it and then I'll, and then I'll describe it. It's the cavatelli with uh, sausage and fennel. And um, which on the face of it, and they, there, there's an Italian um, kale uh, yep. ingredient as well. Um, so there's some green to it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, uh, on the face of it, you look at oh, cavatelli with some sausage and fennel. Okay, that's a thing that makes sense. That's Italian. That's comforting. Um, they use uh, fennel pollen dust, which was, for me, in, in a quantity and in a manner of presentation, it was a revelation. Mm. When, the first three bites of, of this pasta that I had, now cavatelli is a, is a little shell. It's a tiny, tightly rolled. Yeah, they're they're pinched like, together. Yeah, they're, they're like, almost like a mini pasta nuggets. Maybe yeah. nugget isn't the right word, but because they're a little bit, they're cy- cylindrical exactly. shaped, but they're, they're, they're not that big. Kind of rolled into each other. And yeah, so it it, on the menu, just if you go, uh, cavatelli with fennel sausage and cavallonero, which is like a black charred yep. kale sort of situation. Yeah, that, that, that added some green to the color of the dish to go and, along. And to be clear also, this was not a red sauce dish. This was more of a butter pasta water sauce with the cheese tossed together. Which I kind of, that's my favorite. Yeah, and, well. But you, as you pointed out, like, you, what, you, oh, you said, is there fish sauce in there? I did. That was the, that was mm. the revelation to me. And this is why I asked. Because there was a brightness to the flavor that I could not identify. And, and, and Vinny said, no, 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 that's, that's uh, fennel pollen dust. Huh. And I said, oh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I, I don't purport to have the most sophisticated palate. I'm not like my, 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 man, my main man, Danny Chow, right here, who's breaking down the elemental ingredients. I just know what things taste like to me and what I can relate them to. Um, but for whatever reason, the brightness had a, like it was like a funky, bright yeah. flavor that I think that like it was the effect of the fennel pollen dust, like pulling something out of, of the dish. And, and that was what hit me first. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so, right? I mean, it's like it, you, it, that sort of fennel pollen introduces that sort of funky, like, oh, what's that? Like when the first time you have fish right. sauce, yeah, you're kind of exactly. like, what's that? I think, yeah, also when it's the first time you're really being exposed to especially that amount of pollen dust in, in a dish, it's like you're trying so hard to figure out what it is it reminds you of, right? This was exactly so, the yeah. experience. Right. And you know what was um, so unique about it is – I know the flavor profiles of the other food we were eating, mm-hmm. right? I know what pizza tastes like. I know. <laughs> I would hope I, so. I know what chicken parm tastes like. The fusilli and vodka sauce. Yeah, let's just be clear here. Before he had the cavatelli, he also had <laughs> shells and cheese. The shells Cac- and cheese. Oh my god, that could have been the best thing I ate this week. Cacio e pepe and fusilli with vodka sauce, all of which are creamy pastas. Yeah, yeah sure, these sure. are not light pasta. No, right? no, no. But but look, I mean, we were there to eat. This is John and Vinny. We're going to eat with them. Uh, so this it it stood out to me. It distinguished itself because it was such a unique like yeah. flavor combination. Um, and I just I now I'm on uh, this hunt. Where can I find the fennel pollen dust? I want it in other. Like food, I want to experience it in other foods now. It's definitely very gettable. And you get, yeah, I'm sure you order I, I know. online or easy, but it's, yeah, you just hit it with a little pinch like at the end. You yeah, go, bam. Yeah, right. I just I I can't recall ever having encountered it before in anything where like it just elevated. Because uh, I was prepared. I've had creamy sausage fennel pasta with a greens uh, with greens in it before. Yep. It's absolutely delicious. It's always a rich dish, you know, a very filling, satisfying, comforting. But there was something about the flavor elevation just took me to another place, Rappo. Can I just also add one more thing, Danny? So after a house <laughs> ate the cacio pepe and the shells with cheese and the facile vodka and the cavatelli and the chicken parm and the spring onions and the calamari and the and then he goes, oh, and all, like, three different salads. He's like, uh, wait, we're not getting meatballs. 
there's Beautiful. no meatballs. And John and Vinny are like, well, I mean, we could. Do you want, are you sure? And he's like, yeah. It's like, all right, can we fire one meatball, please? So they brought out like one, one me- meatball. No, yeah, it's one meatball order, actually. So it comes with two meatballs and, and the garlic bread. And then you, you indulge in those also. Oh, you're not going to go to John and Vinny's and not have a meatball. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm a, I'm a civilized person. I'm not an animal. Yeah, it was, speaking of animal. No, it yeah. was it was spectacular. And then I didn't ask for dessert, but they did bring dessert. Yeah, they did bring, they do soft serve there, which is kind of nice. That was really, really good. Yeah. But uh, speaking of natural wine, what was the wine we had? Because that that really was extraordinarily complimentary um, to, to what we did. There was, you started so, with one that had some bubbles in it. Yeah, there was like a, a kind of a, a slightly effervescent sort of rosé pet net, again, pet net, that yep. gets on the, on the natural beat, which is a nice sort of starter. It's like a... I don't know, champagne for hipsters. Yeah. Um, less carbonated than a champagne, a little fruitier, but it's like super easy to drink. And the pet nets typically come with like a crown top, you know, like a beer top. You just pop them off. Um, and then we had uh, a nice Beaujolais, um, a carbonic Beaujolais. And carbonic is like there's a bit of like just slight effervescence in there. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a wine technique that a lot of natural winemakers use with the red wine. So there's something that's a little sort of zippy and like got some bite to it. Uh, and they're usually served a little bit chilled, and I, which is nice. Not like cold, cold, but like chilled a little bit. Uh, and they've had that great wine shop at John Avenies called Helen's Wine. And Helen is one of their partners. Uh, so this cool little wine shop within the restaurant. Uh, and they also have that their new one out in Brentwood. Well, I, I just want to say all the taste buds out there, if you find yourself in California, we've just given you three can't miss establishments. Not that easy to get into, but but you know, <laughs> it's do, so hard to get into John and Vinny's. Do your plan, but, but but do your planning. Well, and- I also say it's with John and Vinny's um, dinner hard to get into because it's not a big restaurant; it's pretty small. But yeah. they, they do have little seats at the kitchen bar. I love breakfast there. Breakfast mm-hmm. there, they have like breakfast pizzas. You get the pizzas with the eggs on it. They've got amazing donuts and whatnot. Um, and they've, they've, really doubled, they've doubled the capacity, one in Brentwood, to yeah. go along with the one on Fairfax now. So, you know, just just be take a, a, as much uh, time as you need in advance to try and get in. But Friedman's is beautiful. And Manufactory, we've given you, my hungry homies, a bunch of options here for a delicious start to it to an L.A. food tour. That's how we do it. Danny Chow, as always, thank as you always. for coming Pleasure. in. We'll talk to you again soon. Rappo, my guy, thank you. I can't. We have another meal in front of us tonight. We have another meal. We have another round of golf. Also. No, we have. <laughs> we have both those things. We're, we're doing it right. Check out y'all. He, he is at Rappo Four on the Instagram. Maybe you can see what we've eaten because this this episode is going to go up probably today. So if you want to see oh, where we yeah. eat tonight, uh, tomorrow we'll have some pictures up. And I got a lunch coming up here that we're going to take <laughs> some pictures of. So hungry homies, we're trying to keep it real for you. Thanks for listening. All right, my taste buds, I hope you're hungry. After all that talk of the best thing that we ate this week, as always, my love and affection for Danny Chow and outstanding input, as you would expect, from the Bon Appetit editor-in-chief, Adam Rappaport. Before we get to the food news, you know what's smart? How about this? Get yourself over to Manufactory and try the beef tartare. That's smart. Or plan far enough in advance to get yourself a seat at John and Vinny's. It is worth your time and effort. You know what else is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash carbs to hire the right people for your business. ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S., based on a rating by a, a, a firm called Trust Pilot of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews. Why? Because the Zip Recruiter technology is identifying people with the right skills for your job. And Zip Recruiter is going out and actively inviting those people to apply. So you're getting qualified candidates fast. Right now, listeners of House of Carbs can try Zip Recruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash carbs. That's ziprecruiter.com slash carbs. Zip Recruiter is the smartest way to hire. Taste Buds Today Show also brought to us by the good folks at Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle, including paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. Those are all the categories. There's a lot of food underneath each one of those. Enjoy clean ingredients you can trust. Seasonally sourced for peak freshness and delivered 
right to your door and recipes that are quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips, and photos to guide you along. You can switch up your meal plan whenever you're ready to try a new way to eat. So if you want to start off as a pescatarian and then move over into the Mediterranean, you can do that. They will accept that that change in direction because, you know, the flavor profile is different between those two. I'm going to tell you right now, I have been enjoying the green chef I made, speaking of green, an unbelievable chicken green curry, the lemongrass flavor, and the perfect amount of, of heat in the ingredients. They, they deliver perfectly fresh uh, onion, perfectly fresh red pepper. Uh, it was a beautiful red bell pepper. The chicken was very easy to cook. This was, it took me all of 25 minutes. Green Chef, uh, this was a lean and clean meal that I couldn't have enjoyed more. For $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash carbs. That's greenchef.us slash carbs for $50 off your first box of Green Chef. All right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, as has been previously announced, we have innovated here at House of Carbs 2019. We're doing food news once a month. We want to let all the stories that are out there in the world of food, we let them pile up. It's like a beautiful buffet. And then we walk up to that buffet. Of course, Juliet Littman is here to walk us through the full array. Special guests in the house. We're in Los Angeles, California at the moment. Adam Rappaport, the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit magazine, friend of the pod. Thank you, Joe. In the house. We're doing a a three-way food news. This buffet of options, needs, uh, every kind of uh, professional available. (laughs) All hands on deck to take down this month's food news. I have two pieces of personal food news that I want to share. Always my favorite. Your food news is always my favorite food news. One is about a restaurant that I'm not going to name because I still really want to go, but it really let me down. But I'll, I'll get to that. But first, I have a new food interest, and it's the mug cake scene at the grocery store. Are you familiar with this? Mud cake. Mug. Mug with a G. M-U-G. Mug cake. Yes. Is that an L.A. thing? No, it's an everywhere thing. Are you familiar with the the mug cake scene? I don't think it is an everywhere thing. Look at the editor-in-chief. He's skeptical. Well, in the, like, dry goods, I guess it's like the baking aisle, but also has, like, applesauce and sort of, it's kind of like a a kid-friendly uh, aisle of the grocery store. Sure, at, I know the aisle. I love that aisle. At my local Vons, you might notice Safeway or Pavilions. Um, they have Pavilions and Safeway in, or Safeway? They have in Safeway in DC. Safeway has so many names. I guess that's the sign of a truly successful uh, national grocery store chain. So anyway, in like the dry goods aisle next to like in between like the pancakes and the actual cake mix, there is a wide selection of mug cake, which is like just like a cake powder, like from, you know, a, like a Betty. Crocker, Duncan Hines, whatever cake that is specifically for putting into a mug, and then you put in two tablespoons of like hot water, and then you microwave it, and then you have like a, a an individual cake. And is it kind of like a molten chocolate? Do you yeah, eat it warm? I, yes, I purchased the molten chocolate cake. Of course, there's like Snickerdoodle and Funfetti, and I just have such a sick sweet tooth that I usually want like s- small quantities of like a baked good, and I obviously don't discriminate high end, low end, and so I bought the molten mug cake. I believe I got the Foodsters brand. They, they are not a sponsor. And I've been topping it with Cool Whip. And man, is it delightful. How wow. old are you? <laughs> I can't tell you. <laughs> well, this is I the did, question. I did tell you it was in the food, the, the uh, kid food aisle. It's a good question, though, because what you are describing is a thing that existed during our childhood, Rappo. Rappo and, uh, Rappo and I are pretty close in age together. Remember that little oven God, I'm gonna. It's gonna kill me to was not it remember the, the oven. Easy bake. Yes, the easy bake oven, which was a thing for kids to to sort of uh, uh, you know get them interested in 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 cooking. It was like a low tech, low fi, low harm way to create a tiny chocolate cake in a tiny yeah. oven that didn't get. But it sounds like the mug cakes are something that like. Kyle would have had like at SUNY Stony Brook or wherever you went to college. Potsdam, Potsdam, put some respect. Potsdam, and respect you, the damn. And you got like your ramen to heat up when you come back stoned at whatever hour, and then you got the or you stoned? are you or are you going like sweet or salty? And that's the question when you come back to the dorm. Sure. 
And you're like, I'm feeling sweet now. I'm, I'm busting out a mug cake. This is more about convenience, you know, and less about being high. This is just more about like <laughs> servicing a craving and just doing it really quickly. And I don't know. I, what's your stance on baked goods? Like, I'm not. I so yeah. I'm, okay. See, I already yeah. know. You're out. I, I'm. I if I had to choose between salty and sweet, I'd choose salty ten out of ten times. I would. I would zero times choose salty. Like I just love sweet stuff. And it's just baked goods, like, unless you have, like, an event, then you're always, like, left with so many. I will say this, though. I Like, my sweet tooth has definitely sort of receded as I've gotten older. Like, I I mean, I I think when I was younger, you know, especially when I was, like, 12 or whatever, you would buy one of the giant Cadbury (laughs) bars. Just to be clear, I'm not 12. (laughs) You're like, what, 16? (laughs) But, yeah, year after year, so now I'm like, eh, I don't need dessert. I'm good. But if you put it in front of me. I will eat it. Like this was the other night. Joe and I were at John and Vinny's and like they brought out dessert. I'm going to eat well, it. Well, John and Vinny's, you'll eat but everything there. I know. Did. But if they Which didn't- Which one did you go to? Brentwood or Fairfax? We were going to go to Brentwood and I think we'll talk about that. We're talking about this in the other segment, but uh, we went to Fairfax for proximity's sake. Oh, got it. Okay, cool. I haven't been to Brentwood yet, but- um, it, I don't know if you're fancy enough great. to go. I'm definitely not. Certainly yeah. certainly not. I'm having mug cake alone in my apartment. <laughs> so <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, John and Vinny were like, yeah, Diane Keaton came in the other night and she, there were no tables for her. And my wife was like, you need to sit down. You need to seat her now. Like, right, baby, there's no place for her to sit. Did that really happen? Yeah, it really happened. Because Di- Brentwood is where Diane Keaton and all of her characters from every Nancy Myers movie would, oh, yes. would live. So that <laughs> and makes, and per- like, makes perfect sense. One of those sense. houses with like a, a, um, a kitchen island the size of a billiards table. Yeah. The house in the house in um it's complicated. The Meryl Streep movie is that kitchen is like just the platonic ideal of a, a nice like home kitchen. Did you because I'm a big Nancy Myers fan. Um, Me too. That house though, Santa what, Barbara. No, they built a set in New York. Oh, I actually to knew that. Film it in there to make it, even though it looked like. They, but they, I'm like, why didn't they? I have no idea why they just didn't film it in Santa Barbara. But that was a. It set. was like a silver cup, wasn't it? Something like that. Yes, I actually recall reading that, and it was heartbreaking because I wanted it to be a real house that I. Could you just assumed buying. it was somewhere in the hills of Santa Barbara. Yeah, they did an totally. amazing job with that sort of kind of Spanish colonial style. It looked and the amazing. Tiles and everything. We just house looking at it's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> we uh, started on mug cake, are and now f- we're on the the kitchen set for I, it's complicated. Well, a mug cake would be like a stupid thing that Diane Keaton and something out of give would do. She'd be like, oh, I can't have a mug cake. And then she would make it and like it. Whatever. I would say this, like living in New York City, like the big kitchen island is like the one thing I really regret not having in my life. Uh, I'm against the open floor plan. So that also kind of rules out islands. So you want like one of those like 1940s apartments like in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel where they have the kitchen behind a door. Classic six, please. Thank you. (laughs) And the help is back there (laughs) preparing stuff and you're in the dining room. I don't want the help, but I would love the classic six. (laughs) The only reason open floor plan is popular is because of HGTV and because it's a cost saving, but whatever. No, but everyone wants to hang out in the kitchen while you're cooking and everyone wants to drink and hang out and chop vegetables or at least look at you while you're chopping vegetables. It's bad when you have your back to your guests and they're all drinking and having fun Is and it? eating snacks and then you're like working. What's wrong with the eating kitchen? Where, well, did, where dude, does that dream you're go? Making, you're making mug cake so I don't even like <laughs> there's no cooking going on in your house. Okay. Let's get to food news. My, my other personal piece of food news is I wanted to go to this new restaurant in the new Palisades Village, which is the latest Caruso Mall here in Los Angeles. Yes, yes. Michael Caruso? Um, no. No, wait, no, hold on, wait. Dave, no, I was going to say David Caruso. David Caruso <laughs> from NYPD Blue. Well, he, he needed a career after he left NYPD I Blue. I believe it's Rick Caruso. And honestly, he's contributed more to the fabric of Los Angeles than probably like almost any other person to ever live here by way of the three malls, Palisades Village, the Grove, and the Glendale. Oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I don't live here, but yeah, yes. obviously. Legend. And so there's this restaurant there that I've been dying to to go to. And I still want to go, so I can't name it. You could figure it out. There aren't that many. I wanted to go, and I arrived at like 1.30 for brunch on, on Sunday. And they're like, okay, we're doing a prefix brunch. It's $55. It was fucking 1.30. The buffet had obviously been sitting out since it opened, like probably at like 10. Was was, it, it was a prefix buffet? Yes. Oh. No, no, How no, can no, you no. offer me a prefix buffet where I can see that your food has been sitting out or probably, like, you know, or made back in the kitchen? Two and a half hours, like or like almost like the brunch, the, that, the brunch deadline. I was so upset. Yeah, that's trifling. I can't, I can't shake it. Question: How many mimosas did the fifty-five dollars come with? I don't think any. I think uh, it was like what? the Soho no, House no, deal. No bottomless mimosas. No, I think it, I think it was trying to be like Soho House, uh, where they have the they just make you do the quote unquote beast plus drinks. Yeah. It made me really mad. That's all I wanted. Well, to that's say. but that's the thing, right? If you were uh, a captive audience, like at a hotel or something, then it's like mother f. This is it's the most efficient way to to get, catch your sort of. Uh, first meal of the day calories and you just hold your nose and the price is obviously ridiculous. Who who do these people think they are? 
It made me really mad. Just another reason to hate brunch. Well, it was like they don't have competitors. What, what, is it? Is it the caviar bar? No, I I don't know. It was it was very strange. And I then, want to walk into that place and take a fart in front of the uh, <laughs> in front of the buffet. That's how I express my dissatisfaction with one, that. One other person, it's an outrage. One other personal food news note, and then we can do actual food news. Have you noticed our restaurants like the latest trend in restaurant decor? At the bar is like oversized bar seats with like a full a full rounded back. That's so so it's sort of like a raised like lounge like lounge seat, and they're like velvety and everything. They usually have like brass or chrome fixtures along with them. And or, um, again, I don't know where you're. Gold. I don't know where you're hanging out exactly, but <laughs> I do it, in terms of brass and chrome and all that. But I do agree that as more and more restaurants see the bar as a dining yeah, spot, hit those margins harder. They want to have comfortable chairs yeah. where you're actually going to sit for an hour and a half and sit down and order a full dinner. Um, which is cool if you like to dine. It sucks when you just want to get a drink, but you can't like get you can't wedge yourself in there because there's like twelve yeah. people dining. The chairs take up a lot of room, and they also like they're just not that actually they're actually not that comfortable because they have like a really defined like shape. And I don't know. I love if, you, if you, I love your to shape has to fit that shape. Yeah. So you're saying you're saying it's kind of curved that it comes around into yes. arms. You mean? Yes. You know what's tough about those chairs that sort of like yeah they encircle you. It's hard to hang a coat on them. Yeah, you can't. Right? That drives me nuts. You can't even sit on your coat like draped over this bar stool. Yeah. And the only way for all of those to fit, they're like arm to arm. Yeah. So you're. It's really hard to get in and out. You're in your pod. It's like being on the airplane. It's like being on an airplane. And I love to sit at the bar. I prefer it. Yes. But it, it makes it. Those chairs make it difficult. That okay. That's all my personal updates for the for the <laughs> month of February. We'll have to monitor that trend. <laughs> okay, some actual food news as prepared by our trusty producer Kyle Creighton. Thank the you, Neff. Kyle. Thank you, nephew Kyle. Nephew Kyle. Um, should we start with some Taco Bell news? Everyone, let's talk about Taco Bell. I mean, Taco Bell gets a lot of runtime on House of Carbs. Let's talk them. I don't think it's enough runtime in America. I just feel like everyone does love it. But I, I don't know. Like it's, it's not really like one of the fetishized um, fast food chains right now, in my opinion. Okay, this story is from foodandwine.com. Is that a competitor, Bon Appetit? I mean, I don't know if I would call it a competitor, but yeah, it's another food brand. <laughs> they're in the space. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, they're a, fine, they're a fine brand. This is a this is a winter story, so thank goodness we're making it into the month of it's, February. Well, it's February. Taco Bell to open the world's first slide-through takeout window. Ooh. I know. Okay. Next month, as in March, Taco Bell will be bringing back the Canadian-exclusive menu item, the Cheetos Crunchwrap Slider. Yes, Taco Bell. Gives its products so many crazy names, it's hard to even know what you're missing. But don't worry, it's not that Cheetos Crunchwrap slider you're supposed to be jealous of. Instead, Taco Bell will be, will be promoting this new launch in the most Canadian way you could think of by creating the world's first slide-through takeout window. For one day only on March 2nd, Taco Bell Canada will be operating what is called its first slide-through. The brand explains that Taco Bell fans at Horseshoe Resort near Barrie, Ontario, will get the chance to place their orders at the top of the tubing hill, slide down, and grab their Cheetos Crunchwrap slider from a custom-built takeout window at the bottom. The slide-through will be up and running from 11.30 to 2.30 on a first-come, first-served basis. This is the most specific <laughs> promotion I've ever heard. And you want to know what? It got me, because I'm like excited, and I was like, damn, I'd love to try that tubing sounds fun and I'd love to have Taco Bell waiting for me at the end where where is what is it Barre Ontario <laughs> it's not French although they do speak French sometimes in Ontario although I guess it's really Quebec um, it's Barry Ontario Barry Ontario yes. I feel like it should be like an ice luge or something that would be cooler well, yeah. if, if you could start with a vodka shot. Yeah, and, and just slide down yeah. with the shot. And then at the bottom is your Taco Bell ch uh, Cheeto wrap. It's kind of like northern <laughs> Ontario. It's on a lake. This sounds lovely. That sounds like really fun. Let's go there and have this thing. Um, 11.30 to 2.30 are they, are they, are they on one day. Are they offering any press what? junkets? Um, I think, Ooh, I think we junket. missed it, but man, that would be awesome. Um, What's I, in it? What's the, what is the food item? <laughs> Um, the food item is the Cheetos Crunchwrap itself. Oh, I see. So Cheetos Crunchwrap is a, uh, uh, I, I apologize to it's all like, the it's like, hungry homies. I'm, it's I'm like familiar. A, they put Cheetos like inside a, like a gordita. Okay. Like okay. 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 Yeah. Do you have a protein as well? Or is the yes, Cheeto it, the protein? I believe, I believe there's also meat in there. I, okay. I don't know if we can name the meat. Do you know that Cheetos, when they were originally launched many years ago, maybe you can look that up, Julia, they were, um, considered like a health food. Oh, because really? well, if you look even even now, corn, oil, salt—that's those are the only ingredients. How do they accomplish the cheese? Powder, man. 
Well, that's oh, oh no, I'm thinking Fritos. Uh, God darn it! <laughs> Damn it! They are very you similar. You can feel free to edit that out, guy. Food guy. I do love a Frito pie. That's Frito, like one of the, one Frito of the great pie. Foods. Fritos and chili, yeah. or is that just like a shtick sort no, of thing? No, I do no, like. I Frito. used to. I used to live next to a New Mexican food place in San Francisco, Green uh, Chili Kitchen, and they had great Frito pies. It was like actually. Delicious. I like the concept more. I than got my arm practice. around Juliet on this one. Yeah. The Frito pie is so effing good. I need a chunky chili with it though. Any was it to say any chunky chili like is better with chips like dip, dipping them. Even a burrito like a lot of people in San Francisco actually like they just dip their chips into the burrito and then oh. kind of, and then eat. More. I don't know this hack. Like, do people ever do people ever do the? Hack? Does anyone ever take the chips and crunch them up and put them in the burrito? So you have like little crunchy bits Ooh, within the burrito. I like that. That sounds good. Yeah. Kind but of like when you put potato chips on your peanut butter yeah. and jelly sandwich. Yeah. I like potato yeah. chips on a sandwich. tuna fish salad. Yes. A tuna fish sandwich. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Chicken salad sandwich. I like mm. that. That is a tried and true thing. I'm interested in this chips with burrito. What are you talking about? Do like, people you take cut a bite. Burrito? No, you take a bite to like open it up, and then you dip a chip in, get some of the the good filling, shove it into your mouth, do it again. And then keep going. And then you start, you take more bites like as you need to. Oh. You know what drives me nuts? Like in New York, where I think that now they understand burritos. But years ago when I moved there, you go to like Benny's Burritos, which is this god-awful establishment that still is in business. And they have these big, flappy tortilla burritos. And people would eat them with a knife and fork on no. a plate. I'm just like, no. what are you doing? That's and terrible. they would just kind of open them up. And I'm like, that's your defeat. No. Hung Homies, quick break to tell you about our friends at Hotel Tonight this winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms, and they pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last resort type of places. Hotel Tonight works with cool top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at. Unlike other travel companies, you do not have to scroll through endless lists of hotels. Hotel Tonight is showing you the best deals at great hotels, along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need. And even though the name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can play things by ear, or if you want, use Hotel Tonight to book in advance. When you join their HT Perks program, the more you book, the better the deals get to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Get yourself to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. Now, the, the interesting thing, let me ask you this. Where, where, what point in your life do you think that you developed your sensibility, your burrito sensibility? How did you come to understand the correct way to eat a burrito? Well, I mean, we're, I grew up in Washington, D.C. with know. you, Joe. But oddly enough, I went to school at, at UC San Diego for uh, two years and then uh, Berkeley. So what was interesting about that, getting a taste of... Southern California burritos and then Northern California. And I think if we- It's a culture war. And if you look at the mission style burritos, that's the yeah. one that Chipotle has exported, you know, with the rice and the beans and the salsa and the and the, you know, the carnitas and this and that. But in the in, in San Diego is interesting. I had never, growing up in DC in the 70s, like Mexican food was not a thing. Nope. And, and there was like, you know, your mom would make hard shell tacos with ground beef. And I'm like, this sucks. I don't like Mexican food. And I remember one time in the dorms, freshman year, some friends who lived off campus were like, all right, dude, we're going to Roberta's. Uh, we're going to burritos. I'm like, I don't want Mexican food. Like, no. And they're like, yeah, dude, you're coming. And I'm like, wow, okay, whatever. And they're like, what, what do we get? And they're like, oh, we're getting you a carne asada burrito. And I'm like, don't know what that is, but okay, fine. And I remember taking a bite of like the grilled steak and there was some avocado in there, some beans, no rice, no sauce or anything. Fra potato fries? Like not potato. potatoes? No, no. So not, that's a, that's yeah, a San that's Diego thing, thing too. But I remember taking a bite and with cheese and you know the steamed tortilla and I was just like, Oh my God! This is the best thing I've ever yeah, eaten. Yeah, really, it and is it, delicious. And my head, I, and my head exploded then, and then two years later when I got to Cal and had the first Mission Style burrito, and I just, yeah, I mean they're definitely very different. And they, you know, yeah, the Mission burritos are much bigger and heavier. What's your preferred East Bay burrito spot? Um, I mean. Oh, God, when I, in the East Bay, I mean, I was there a long time ago. So I would go to Gordo Burrito. Yeah, that's the classic. You know, they were always good. And then on, you know, nights in, in San Francisco, uh, I'd always end up with this random place, Taqueria Altenia on mm. Mission, like in the 18th or 19th or somewhere. Um, and I do think as much hype as La Taqueria gets, I think it's deserved. And It's uh, good. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. But I also like that they don't put rice in theirs, actually. Yeah, they, they, they don't. They do beans and like beans get are the, really the, good. the carnitas. Then you get a Dorado style where they grill 
the tortilla. The once they they wrap the burrito, and then put it on the flat top griddle to get kind of crispy on the outside. I need to make a special point to to do burritos the next time. I, I oh, each of to. my trips are. are to the West Coast have been here to L.A. Is there an L.A. burrito spot? No. No. Yeah. Yeah, L.A.'s not a burrito It's a taco town. Tacos is, yeah. is L.A. I used, to, I used to work in the Mission District of San Francisco, and I used to go to this place on 18th and Valencia, Taqueria El Buen Sabor, and it was so good. There's mm. just so many good tacos. There's like everyone has their own favorite burrito place in, yeah. and they're in the all, Bay Area. They're all a little different, but they're all very similar. All fantastic. And unfortunately, you can't get any of those on a, at the end of tubing on a, on a mountain in Ontario. So plus one for Taco Bell. Can I just say, I did go tubing a few years ago with my son when he was like nine years old at some resort wherever. After after you'd done skiing at 4 p.m. and it was in spring, there's still light out. It was the funnest thing I've ever done. Like those inner tubes go so fast. It's insane. You have like three screaming kids with you and you're bouncing and flying all over the place. I was like, my God, that is awesome. It is fun. Yeah. It's I haven't time. done it. It's I'm, really I'm not good. a winter sports person. Me neither, but I'm really good at hanging out while everyone else is winter sports. You and me both. This yeah. is why we get along. I've actually been researching um, like Switzerland resorts in the summer because I'm just like, this seems really ideal. Oh, like, I love a that. A beautiful, pristine lake in the Alps. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Catch me there in August. You know? I've only been to Telluride during the summer. Telluride's awesome. I've never in been the to summer. Colorado. I need to go. In your whole life? No. Wow. You're a strange person. <laughs> Mud cakes, never been to Colorado. I had never been to California <laughs> or west of. Wisconsin until the day I moved to California. Like literally, I just was like, okay, okay. that sounds cool. Well, you're, you're young. There's a lot of time it's to like, live I life. I understand that if it's like 1924 and you have to take a train across the country, but <laughs> with your steamer trunk. Um, yeah, it just, it wasn't something I had done. I'd been to Las Vegas one time actually, but that's it. All right, moving on. Um, this is a story from business travel, business traveler.com. Air Asia plans to open a restaurant serving airline food. The low-cost carrier Air Asia has plans to open a restaurant named Santan that will serve meals based on its in-flight menu of the same name. Air Asia Group CEO Tony Fernandez was speaking on Larry King Live, though he didn't specify a timeline or location for the restaurant. I think our food is fantastic. We believe in it so much, we're going to start a a fast food restaurant out of it. Uh, Santan, named after coconut milk, is the airline's in-flight menu and offers a wide selection of Asian, international, and vegetarian options, according to Air Asia's website. Meals are available to pre-book up to 24 hours prior to scheduled flight times, but do not come included in the price of the ticket. This is wild because airline food is known for being trash. However, there are some airlines that are known for having great food, like Korean Air is like supposed to have really good meals. I've never flown it. But have I. Um, hard to believe this is this is worthy, but I, I like the idea. It also seems like perhaps something that was just said and will never actually happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's no yeah. time or place for it. I think right. it's, it, I do think airlines food is getting better. Um, I wonder, though, at this restaurant concept, like, do you get the little tray and if you order like a Maker's Mark and Coke, did they give you the little mini bottle of Maker's? I would like that. It's very, you know? very English. You know, like at a bar in, in England oh, or yeah. Ireland, if you order like a gin and tonic. It's they, the exact measured amount. They yeah. give you the shots like in the glass and then a little bottle of tonic or vodka or a tonic or soda water you have to pour it in yourself. So there's a, there's a precedent for that, I suppose. And do you get like warm chocolate chip cookies after the meal sort of thing? Maybe. This is just the opposite of the trend in American Airlines. Like um, JetBlue has the great like... If you fly JetBlue Mint, I don't know if you have, but I only have one time. It was wonderful. They have like a really, they have really good food options and it's like curated by a celebrity chef. I think it rotates who it is. Um, so they bring that to you. But this, I guess, is so good on its own. They bring it off the airline. <laughs> it sounds like a gimmick. It's fine. Uh, but you know what we're talking about. It. Yeah. And the, well, in the version of exactly, whatever they all would, stuff works. Whatever they would serve. They did it like in the airport, you know, there, there's kind of a. A logic to it. It's going to be better food than what they're able to serve actually up in the air because the food changes once it goes up into the air. Sure. And do, and do the waiters wear cool flight attendant uniforms? That's that. That's it's what great, I would want to know. A great question. If I could have that whole experience, but like, is but, it airline theme? Is it an airline theme yeah, restaurant? But I would want better, larger bathrooms. It would make. <laughs> it would yes. make sense further for, from the food preparation yes. area. You know, you know who this exactly. appeals to is kids. Because you, sure. you could take kids and give them this whole like airline experience, and, and they get the little pin with they the, get the pin or their wings and that yeah. stuff. I don't know if it's for an adult. Yeah, sure, okay, but you have kids. You could bring your yeah. kid there. Yeah, he'd be into per- it, perhaps, maybe. <laughs> okay, next from today, so today show today dot com. Walmart Walmart's new chicken and waffle cereal has tiny crunchy drumsticks. <laughs> Um, those are the sweet tooth. Me, me would like nothing more than to start each morning with pancakes covered in syrup and, of course, pastries. While fans of savory fare would much rather a hefty serving of bacon and eggs. Now there are two new breakfast cereals that are here to bridge that deep divide, and they'll be at Walmart starting in March. 
Meat Post Chicken and Waffle Cereal. Crispy fried chicken served on sweet waffles is a pretty familiar concept for most brunch lovers, but now it's available in extra crispy cereal form. According to Post, the new cereal not only tastes like the southern dish, it's a little sweet and a little salty, but the cereal pieces are actually shaped like mini drumsticks and teeny tiny waffles. Okay, House, this is another thing probably geared towards your children. Child. Yeah, uh, he would say F off to it. Um, he, he's, Does he speak like that? No, <laughs> fortunately. Not uh, yet. His version. My, my 11-year-old does. Yeah. Mine's only eight, so he wouldn't. He he's because he's eight. He only eats one cereal, uh, and he, he will permit what no deviation. Uh, Cocoa Pebbles. Interesting. Mm. I have a strong like devotee. I like Fruity Pebbles. He he was on Fruity Pebbles. He was on Lucky Charms. Now he's on Cocoa Pebbles, mm. and that's it. I wish him the wonderful college experience of arriving on your first day in the dining hall and seeing like ten options of cereal at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I will say I'm kind of intrigued by the chicken and waffles. Really? Well, because I like I I love any of those sweet and salty combos. Sure. You know, um, like a chocolate chip cookie with the sea salt on top. Exactly. That's effing delicious. Reese's, PC, yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups, the, the the OG of that world. Um, so I don't know. Like, I mean, it's here's my concern. Yeah. The chicken part is going to be it's a dry, crunchy cereal texture replication that's supposed to have a fried chicken profile. Yeah. I just feel like the execution, it's, a, it's just like you're asking for too much. And when your target audience is kids, it's not, I guess, it's not for us, the cereal, right? But you're just crunching in your mouth and you're getting those sweet and salty notes. And I think, I don't know, I'm intrigued by it. I would be willing to try it out. You know, I had the other weekend, which I hadn't had literally in decades, we were at a friend's house spending the weekend there on President's Day or whatever. Um, I had not had life cereal. And, dec- oh. and it's Life really, great. really good. So good because it, it has the little sugar crystals yeah. on top, but it's not too sweet. And then it makes it you think it's quote unquote healthy because it's like fibrous or whatever. And I had like two bowls and I've not had a bowl of cereal with milk in probably 20 years. That's like Raisin Bran. It's like so delicious because of the sugar on top of the raisins. Oh, yeah. The only problem with Raisin Bran is that it has raisins in it. I like raisins, though. <laughs> we're really not compatible <laughs> snack people. Uh, no, weird. Maybe, I, I mean, I say maybe we can get coffee together, but I look over, you have like this weird pumpkin dipped uh, Starbucks mug. Starbucks mug. I stole which this I, from a colleague. I don't even know who, but I, I will say I have a Kerrig in my house, which I'm sure you've, you think it's poorly of. I don't know if they're an advertiser in Bon Appetit or not, so I'm just going to refrain from, from opining. <laughs> he doesn't have an opinion. I live, I, I'm a convenience focused sound like home, home food preparer. Do you even have a stove or do you just have a microwave? Um, I actually don't like microwave food. Oh. I think it's like weird. I mean, then how do you cook your Yeah, how do you make the, the mug cake? The mug cake is an exception, but it, if I'm like heating up leftovers, I'd rather use, or like cooking anything, I'd rather use the stove. All right. But, I want to be generous on the cereal, just to go back to the cereal. If you're asking me to deploy the same conceit that I employ and deploy when it comes to uh, exotic flavored potato chips, where they purport to to be delivering a flavor oh, thing. Like, like in England, especially where they have all these wacky flavors. Yeah. Yes. Well, also but they Post don't really taste this. like that, but it is delicious. But, but is it, good, is it good on, on its way, own? delicious. Yeah, exactly. Is it going to taste like actual chicken and waffles? No, no, but it might be salty sweet in its own way. That's delicious. Yeah, that's right. Is that Are those yeah. potato chips going to taste like a Thai steak salad? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but they could, they could be tasty. Um, in general, Post does this kind of thing. I was actually at a friend's house watching the Oscars a few nights ago, and they had um, Post Chips Ahoy cereal. and. Oh. We were waiting for our dinner, and I, we all just were snacking on that. It was pretty good. But those, those taste like Chips Ahoy. I think, that, I think they probably are just little Chips Ahoy no, you're putting in that milk. That can translate. Yeah. I'm very familiar with Chips Ahoy, and they are not as good. <laughs> oh, because you know what? Chips Ahoy probably would get too soggy too quickly. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like These were a lot. Crunchier. More, yes. Like, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. But, but right. they were still good. Yeah, yeah. My kid the other day, he was also eating, the, his friends had Reese's Pebbles or whatever, like the Reese's. Sure. I'm like, that's cheating. Like, if they're called like a basically it's like that i'm like no you can't have any reese's but you can have the life with probably just as much sugar on it because it seems healthy yeah all right last story for you it's from the asbury park press oh yeah (laughs) nice um new jersey is moving forward with the creation of an anthony bourdain food trail shortly after anthony bourdain died assemblyman paul moriarty from Gloucester, introduced a resolution that would honor the Jersey-born chef. Moriarty called upon the State Division of Travel and Tourism to create the Anthony Bourdain food trail featuring 10 of the restaurants the chef visited for a 2015 episode of the CNN show, Parts Unknown. The resolution was introduced to the legislature on June 18th, and and in late January, it was unanimously approved. A designated trail of Bourdain's favorite dining spots is a fitting way to honor the memory of one of New Jersey's best-known chefs, said Assemblywoman Carol Murphy, probably one of the best-known 
um, people. Even after international fame, he never forgot his Jersey roots. Each episode, Bourdain brought his homegrown wit, charm, and sense of humanity to his viewers, and he became a New Jersey food icon. Um, the restaurants that it will include are Kubel's in Barnegat Light, Frank's Deli in Asbury Park, Lucille's Country Cooking in Bar- Barnegat. Am I saying that right? Um, Hiram's Road Stand in Fort Lee, Tony and Ruth Steaks in Donkey Place in Camden, and Fork Doc's Oysters House, Tony's, ba- Tony's Baltimore Grill, and James Saltwater Taffy in Atlantic City. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's cool so you can go on like the New Jersey whatever website and you can find the trail yeah. and then hit them up. Yeah, it's like food tourism. It's a state-sponsored food like in a non yeah. like and well I will I wonder and will the restaurants get some sort of like, like a plaque a plaque or, or something or something to put in the window? I yeah. assume so, right? What they should really do is like create an app that you can just download and like for each Ooh. spot that you're at, there's like information about the place. Maybe you can if they even like got could partner with CNN, they get like some clips you're like oh here i am you this want you want a Anthony state government Bourdain. to do this um <laughs> <laughs> someone say so you should give out that contract you know yeah i think it's cool the fact that as long as they're not trying to profit off his you death, know his yeah. passing it, but i do think it's a cool thing because i do think people would want to check out these places totally without question i'm one of those people yeah. like you just listed a bunch of restaurants in new jersey i've never eaten before yeah. i recall that that anthony's uh roots you know started there but I, I didn't watch the episode of 2015 yeah where he went through all of this and and now i'm intrigued and i'd li- like to you know uh go down this path it, it sounds like the towns are f- too far apart to be able to do the whole thing in one it does i mean from fort, from fort lee to atlantic city is pretty far particularly with traffic um, but yeah, maybe it's like a week, a weekend trip, yeah. a 36 hours in New Jersey kind of thing. Yeah. And you're there and you have all your meals planned out already. Yeah. I think it's cool. Cause I think what was unique about, uh, Bourdain compared to a lot of TV personalities is that, uh, you know, viewers and food people genuinely trusted him and that he, he always came across as real and honest and organic. And I think that's what made him so appealing to so many people. Yeah. I, I think I hate to get all like serious. All no, of a it's true. no, that's true. That's no, it's right. true. I think it's cool. And also like, it's just a it's a way of also, I think, making like his work live longer because yeah. it like relates back to his show. Can we, good, talk, good. Can we, can we talk more about mug cakes now? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I think we've done it. Uh, Thanks, Julia. Thank you for having me. Talk to you next month. Always. I can't wait. All right, my taste buds, there we go. Los Angeles, California, House of Carbs is in the books. I love coming out here and eating, and it was a very nice occasion to have Adam Rappaport along for the ride. We thank Rappo for his uh, input, as always. I'll be back in Washington, D.C. next week eating something delicious, I'm sure. Until then, let's stay hungry out there. <laughs> <laughs>